Hey, I am so glad you took the time to join me today on this podcast, on the Clergy Talks podcast. Listen, thanks for joining me today. You know what? You've got something to say. You've got some wisdom to share. You've got some tips to share. You've got something to say. You know, during this pandemic, a lot of us have had something to say. And so things that we can share to encourage people to keep going. Listen, you've got a word in you. So why not try Buzzsprout? Hey, you can try it for free. You can get up to two hours for free. And then if things go well, which it will, you can go ahead and sign up today. Sign up. Sign up today. Buzzsprout. You can sign up for free. Get up to two hours of content. Why don't you do that? Sign up for Buzzsprout and share your message. Amen. Let's do it. Yes, sir. Come on. I see you clapping. Come on. Yes, sir. Hello and welcome to another Clergy Talks podcast. My name is Corey House and I am your host as we talk about uh, issues and things of information uh, as well as giving you some inspiration. Welcome to our podcast today. Uh, Today we'll be discussing how to create a church environment that appeals to everyone from baby boomers to millennials. Um, leading a multi-generational church um, can really be a challenging task, especially when each generation has different values, different customs, different beliefs. Uh, and I think it's crucial to understand how to connect with each age group uh, to uh, build a thriving community. Pastor and I were in conversation just uh, talking about this and talking about the various layers just to try to simply make it happen. And I think this can be uh, some help, uh, some inspiration, some guidance, uh, give you an idea, give us an idea as we continue to navigate through uh, touching each particular generation. And uh, so, you know, I, I really, I believe that leading a multi-generational church is really about creating spaces where all generations can feel welcomed and engaged. And I think it really requires intentional planning Uh, It requires communication. It requires sensitivity uh, towards the diverse needs of each group. So, you know, you really have to be intentional about trying to create a space um, for each particular group. And sometimes creating the space means having the hard conversations Uh, Sometimes we don't want to have the hard conversations 
uh, with the various groups and to ask them, you know, how is church going? Are we meeting your needs? Because we pull back and we think that because it's our idea, everybody loves our idea. Everybody sanctions our idea. Everybody affirms our idea. And, and sometimes that may not actually be the case. And therefore, we're simply as one leader leading a group of people. But we're, when we look back, there's nobody behind us because we have not really been intentional about trying to create a space for um, the different uh, generations uh, that we pastor and that we that we lead. Um, when we look at you know some some practical ways uh, to create an environment uh, that that may appeal, uh, we've got to understand that the different generations uh, really have different spiritual backgrounds and they got different experiences for those who still have baby boomers who are still they're more traditional they have seek a sense of familiarity in the church's structure and its rituals and it's in our traditions um millennials uh, are probably more contemporary and interactive in with the approach to worship and and therefore, I think we really need to strike a balance between the tradition and the innovation. And sometimes that can be tough, but it's not impossible uh, to do. And, and and so what does that mean for a weekend? What does it mean for a worship experience? It, it might mean that we need to create multiple services Throughout the weekend, I mean, I was just talking about that uh, uh, not too long ago about maybe doing a Saturday service, finding the right time for it to work and getting a group to come to help me produce it and and get it. Um, but it's going to take some more thought. It's just kind of trying something that may attract a, a certain group of people. Um, one service can cater to the traditional preferences, uh, maybe of the older generation, while the other can be more contemporary to attract younger attendees. Similarly, different classes, small groups, and events accommodate everyone's interests. Um, you have Bible studies, you got walks, you got events, you have workshops. And I'm going to tell you one thing I, I, I noticed. Um, we had one time we had a baby dedication and it was on a Saturday and believe it or not, when we had that baby dedication on Saturday, the church was like almost full on a Saturday. It was a Saturday afternoon out and it was a total younger group. So I think, you know, some, and I even thought about, I said, you know what? I think instead of doing baby dedications, on Sundays, as I traditionally have done them, what about doing them on Saturdays? Because now I get a chance to minister and uh, I get a chance to share um, maybe some of what we do as a church to a different group uh, on a different, <clears throat> excuse me, on a, on a different day. So again, I think sometimes just being innovative, sometimes uh, doing something different. We find that, hey, we attract maybe a different crowd. You know, when we talk about 
communication, right? Um, what does that look like? Uh, the communication, I think, is is the key when you got to connect with different generations, you know, like my grandmama, I mean, my grandmother, uh, she's going to want me to call her. She's going to want me to talk to her on the phone where, um, you know, we kind of look at the other generations. They would rather prefer email, social media, text messages. Um, and the church needs to leverage I think the different communication channels to reach out to everyone and keep them updated about events, sermons, and activities. That takes intentionality. I mean, it takes going beyond, excuse me, just having Sunday service and then we're done. It means that, excuse me, we're going to have to go further beyond, do what we need to do. When service is over, I mean, it, it begins again. And so I think that's intentional uh, communication because, again, my grandmother doesn't really want to do the email thing. Although I do have some who actually do participate, but um, most of the baby boomers are strictly phone calls. They want to receive mail letters and that kind of thing. So we we just got to know kind of uh, if we're going to meet this group. And be intentional. We've got to do those things and and be aware that the different generations want different things. Um, I think we can also create an environment that's that's welcoming and in, engaging for all. You know, um, you know, by by having a different representation. Um, for example, including different people uh, for different age groups, ethnicities, backgrounds in leadership positions or decision making process can create a sense of inclusive inclusivity, uh, inclusiveness. Um, you know, additionally, we can provide opportunities for mentorships, um, intergenerational activities. Uh, we can foster connection relationships between the different generations. Um, when you talk about inclusivity, um, you know, it's sometimes that word within itself can be a challenge because we we want to leave out certain groups. But when you talk about ministering to the various groups you got to be intentional and you got to be inclusive if you want to reach and grow um your church and and so i i think that's important if we're going to lead a multi-generational church we've got to be able to be inclusive to have those different groups at the table in a meeting, leading worship, where people can see, and then they can identify. You know, it's it's like giving them a voice. And and the question may be, in your congregation, does each group have a voice in your church? And if they don't, 
you might see a decline. And that may be why, because in the movement, in the rhythm of your church, that particular group doesn't have a voice. I mean, just take a look at it. Take a look out of all your trustees. If you have them out of all your deacons, if you have them deaconess, if you have them, uh, even your ushers ministry, if you have them, maybe we need to change, change the term to greeters. But but, you, you, you know, you have to do what fits your church. Have we changed terminology to meet the need? And, and maybe we need to look at some things. But when you look at your various ministries, I mean, youth are youth, right? But but sometimes what we've done in the traditional past is we put somebody 62 that's an advisor for the youth. Now, I'm not knocking it, but I am saying it may be concerning because if that person that is an advisor is so antiquated in their thinking and their quote unquote leading their ideas of the young is going to be so frightening that they're not even going to entertain them. They're going to shut it down. Therefore your youth are going to be in danger because they, they say we can't even think we can't even share how we feel because our advisor is kicking against it. I, I think the advisor needs to be someone who can identify but also allow the youth to process and to grow and to guide them in the right direction. I think that's important. So, so I, you know, I, I think it's a process. It, it's, it's somewhat, it can be a, a challenge, but I think that we can do it. I, I think we, we can be up for it because I, I do believe that, you know, if Joshua, was able to do it, uh, and Moses was able to do it, um, and Paul <laughs> was able to do it. I, I think we can do it as well. I've enjoyed this uh, as we lead multi generational church, and I believe we can be successful and we can do it. God bless you. Thanks again. God is by Melvin Crispell.